Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Lord, this is the day that you have for us Yes, Lord. You're doing many awesome and wonderful things. Some of them we see, but many of them we don't see. But I ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what you're doing in these times and these days. Lord, we want to follow you completely. And so, Lord, I ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us here this morning. Give us an open heaven. Lord, we're calling upon you and asking you to come and have our praises. Come and fill us with your spirit. Come and anoint words spoken, songs sung. Lord, we thank you for your word that came to us, became flesh, and dwelt among us, and sent his spirit back to live in each one of us. And we just thank you for that. We lift you up this morning and bless your name. Hallelujah. Amen.
on that. Yeah.
back of three. Kind of sets the tone for what we're talking about. Because the fig tree may not blossom. Our fruit be of the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, the yield, the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the foe, there be no herding stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord, regardless of all that other stuff. Because you are worthy, Lord. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. That's not like high heels like somewhere. That's high heels like mountaintops. God is going to do something special today in this body. You'll just enter in and you'll make a point to say, Lord, I'm here today to worship you. I give this time to you. It doesn't matter that everything in your life is not perfect. It doesn't matter that maybe most everything in your life seems like it's horrible. You'll have the attitude of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm not going to worry about all the negatives. I'm not going to focus on the negatives. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord because He is my strength and my salvation. The Lord today, we choose to worship you. We choose to lift you up and exalt you. Come, pour your spirit out of this place today. Breathe life into us and change us in your presence. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, let's worship you. Bye. 
thank you this morning. You're breathing on us. You're encouraging us to receive of you, Lord. Receive of your spirit. Receive of that life that only comes from you. We need life this morning. Every week we go about our business. We experience difficulties and setbacks and problems and struggles. And yet, Lord, you want to refresh us from us every time we come into your presence. Lord, I want to come not just once a week, but I want to come every day. I want to come every every hour, all day long. I want to come back to you over and over and over and over and be refreshed in you, Lord, and renewed in you. That's your desire, Lord. You're calling us to that place where we will come to you over and over and over. So you can fill us and refill us the overflowing, that you can breathe life into us and courage, that you can speak words of love and hope and joy and peace into our hearts. We need to hear those words. I don't want to miss one single word that you speak to. Words of life. Only you have the words of life. We wait on you, Lord. Speak to your people. Just speak to us, Lord. Speak to each one of us. We want to hear from you. I want to hear that, that word that I need to hear. Encourage me so I'm so excited and filled with you that I can't contain it, that I can't hold it back. It just, it just gushes for us. I want to be a gusher for you, Jesus. Pour it out on us, Lord. Let us hear from you. Just wait on him. Just, just tune in to him. Thank you, Lord, for the end of this Thank you for your goodness that allows us to 
I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, I read this again because um, I want you to understand that this is part of the whole the whole series that Jesus recognized Simon. He said, you know, you didn't just figure this out by your own human intellect or your own experience or, or your great uh, theological understanding. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. Otherwise, you would have never gotten it. And so, it is significant that we understand this was a, a specific revelation, which, by the way, uh, Amber sharing that testimony this morning, that was an example of a specific revelation. There was a general revelation where God is just revealed in creation and, and other ways, but specifically, <coughs> you won't really ever come to know Him as Lord and Savior without a specific revelation of Him coming to you personally. You know, we sang about this morning, He's calling you by name. If he calls you by name, you've got a choice. You either say yes or you run. If you run, He's going to keep calling your name. So the specific revelation, Peter, he proclaimed that he said, You are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus I said, okay, that's great. You got this revelation by the Father, and because of that, because of the revelation, because of, of what you're saying, is I'm going to build my church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to hire a bunch of pastors to build my church. He said, I'm going to build my church. But we get to participate. So, the rock, on this rock that he builds his church, we talked about that before, but I just want to reiterate this. Read a few scriptures to you. I believe the rock was, it wasn't Peter's confession specifically. I mean, that was, it was true. Uh, he made a great confession. And Jesus said, This is the rock I'm going to build my church on. So the Bible clearly reveals that when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they were thirsty, that God caused water to gush out of a rock. So, in the New Testament, Paul says that, that we know that rock was Christ. And he said not only did it give them water, but it followed them around. I don't think it meant literally the rock <coughs> followed them around. But Jesus was with them day and night, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. The presence of God never left him. And that provision never ceased. That God was providing he was their rock. Deuteronomy 32. For I proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. The God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. 1 Samuel 2. No one is holy like the Lord. For there is none beside you. Nor is there any rock like our God. Verse 20. Chapter 2 Samuel 22 to The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Verse 32 For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Verse 47 The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. Psalms 95 1 Oh, come, 
Let's sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. And then Matthew 7, Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rock is God. It's not just the confession that he's God, but he is the rock. It's pretty clear that that's throughout Scripture he was referred to as the rock. So that is a question you've had in your mind about what rock it is that Christ is going to build his church upon. I hope that kind of helps us settle that, but it is the rock, Jesus Christ himself, and our admission and acknowledgement and confession of that. If we don't if we don't ever admit that, we don't have anything to do with the church or any of the building of it or any part of it. But once we come into an agreement and say, okay, I'm just like Peter. I say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I recognize that. I admit that. I acknowledge it. I bow before you with my knees. I bow my heart. I give my life to you because you are God. When you do that, everything in your life changes. That's when the keys and the mysteries and the revelations begin to happen because up to that point, you've been blinded to all that because you cannot know it in the spiritual it is impossible for a natural man to understand spiritual things except by the revelation of the Spirit. So, this is a specific revelation. There's other, uh, a lot of specific revelations in Scripture, and I'm hoping that maybe after we've talked about this for a few weeks, as you read Scripture, you'll begin to see things a little differently. And there'll be areas where it's like, wow, this is God revealing himself. I didn't really ever think about that way, but this was a divine revelation. This was a prophetic revelation of who God is or something about God's character or nature or how the kingdom of God operates or who we are, what he's called us to do. There were a lot of revelations. Obviously, he revealed himself to Adam and Eve, presumably to Enoch, because, you know, it says he... He walked with the Lord and he was taken away. He must have known who God was. Most certainly Noah. God told him specifically, build an ark. Because it's through you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start over again. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, Moses, and Joshua, and all the judges, Samuel, and Saul, and David, and Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, and Isaiah, and Jeremiah, and Daniel, and the whole bunch of other major and minor prophets, and the list goes on. There were men of God that weren't even named sometimes. They came and gave a word to someone. So the man of God came and said this. God reveals himself to people in specific ways. And sometimes it's it's not real obvious. Other times it's, it's indisputable. But today we're going to talk about the general revelation. The general revelation would be like where God has revealed himself through events that are not necessarily um, as specific, I guess I would just say. And we're going to use our text, Psalms 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day utters, day, uh, day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor knowledge where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, 
I want to make two points, and I'm going to go pretty quickly, and we'll be out of here in just no time. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Um, so, Psalms 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. The revelation of God is clear and sure. The heavens declare it. I mean, if you look up and you see, you see the stars and the moon and, and, and the sun, and you see the, the clouds, and you see the day and the night, and you see things that grow in the earth, and animals that give birth, and people, you look at your bodies, how it's made so wonderfully and intricately. It all shouts out that we have a creator. The heavens declare it. And you can't miss it. Just think about that. Now, I'm no scientist and I don't understand everything about it, but you know, the earth is spinning on an axis. And it's got a timing. I mean, I don't know how it all other than just it's God. What causes it to spin at the right speed, maintain that speed, Everything about it is right. It's got a slight tilt, I think, you know, and it's going a certain. Every time it turns completely around, one rotation, one day. And then the sun is in the center of our solar system, and the, and the planets in the solar system are rotating around the sun. And they're not just kind of helter skelter, but they're in a plane. You know what a plane is? Not the kind you fly. But it's like they're not all up and down. They are in a straight line. And, and as they go around, they stay in that line the whole time. And think about that. Because they're millions of miles apart. What keeps them like that? And when, every, when, the, when the Earth goes around the sun one time, 365 days, 5 hours and 60 minutes and 29 seconds, I think, here. And then I believe our whole solar system is, is moving as well. Who put all that in order? I mean, is that just some winky-dinky? I don't think so. I mean, science is coming to the point now where it's proving that God really does exist. And there are things that they can't explain scientifically except that there had to be some order to it. We know that's how God has revealed himself. He said in the beginning, the earth was without, it was without form, it was void. There was no order, it was just darkness and chaos. God put order in it all. He caused the trees and the plants to grow, and they have the ability to produce life from within themselves. Nobody but God could do that. No one could put life in you and cause it to come out of you, except a created being. And you can't help, you look at nature, you can't help but think, wow, somebody was really on the ball to all this up. I mean, all the different plants, and each one of them has such intricate little things, you know, just petals and stamens and I don't know all those different things, but they, they can reproduce. They produce seeds that have life inside of them. You bury them a while and then miraculously, they come alive and they spring open. Who can create all that? Every part of your body is little tiny cells that make up organs and tissue. And it's all so perfectly created and organized. 
it's not just a coincidence. God is God of order. The universe is, is so orderly. Think about this. There's a scientist. He was the uh, one of the co-founders of the you know, Creation Scientific Society. Name is uh, Henry uh, Henry Morris. He says the universe declares that there is a creator because we believe in the Triune God. We believe in His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The universe is made up of uh, matter. It's made up of uh, space and time. And each one of those is made up of three things. That's in your notes, and I'm jumping ahead, but it's uh, so matter is mass, energy, and motion. It's at the very end of your notes. Space is length and height and breadth. Time is past, present, and future. If you if you take away any of that, the whole universe ceases to exist like it's supposed to because it has to all be there it has to all be functioning and operating just the way it was created you know if the, if the earth slows down in its rotation or it slows down in its, its orbit or something else gets out of whack we get too close to the sun the gravitational pull changes and we get too close to the sun we burn up we get too far away it's an ice age it's been going like that for this six thousand years. God's pretty well got together. The universe declares the glory of God. The heavens declare it. His revelation is sure and it's true. It's clear. There is no confusion about it. Romans 1, Paul is talking about it, and I believe he is referring to this Psalm 19 that we just read. He says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's talking about unbelievers, heathen. Because they, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. God revealed himself to them in the very creation. They, they knew it. They understood that there was a God. But rather than honor him as God, they chose to worship other things. They chose to, to turn away from that revelation. So that's how, you know, we've got, we've got this situation where every person that doesn't accept Jesus they are judged, and they are bound for eternal punishment. And it doesn't seem fair to some people. They say, well, how can God judge the heathen? How can God judge them when they've never heard? This tells us that everyone has had it clearly, clearly manifested to them so they understand there is a God. They even understand about the Godhead because it's been clearly shown. And rather than worship them as God, they chose to worship idols, and they chose to thumb their nose and say, I'm going to do it my way. Everyone needs that specific revelation. Everyone needs to come to know Jesus. Even though everyone has a general revelation that there must be a higher being. That's why everybody wants to worship. They have, a, they have an innate desire to worship because they can see. There must be a God. Who else can do all this? It's just a matter of choosing. Are they going to worship the God or are they going to worship 
a bunch of other false gods. So the revelation of God is it is clear and sure. The revelation of God is also it's ongoing. Psalms 19 2. Day utters uh, uh, day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. Think about that. Day after day, it's talking to you. Night after night, the sun is in daytime, and the stars in the night. They are every day declaring the glory of God. Every day it's saying over and over and over again. It's a continual revelation. God is here. He is the creator. It wasn't a one-time thing that you can forget about. He is revealing himself over and over and over every day, day and day, night and night. It is an ongoing revelation. God is very clear and sure about his revelation to us. He doesn't want anyone to misunderstand, not get the fact that he is God. He is overwhelmed. Romans 1, verse 18 and 19. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. God has shown it to them. If you read in Romans 1, talks about the people that didn't honor God as God and says they are without excuse. They are without excuse. I mean, they had a revelation of God that they could have responded to. There are testimonies from all around the world throughout creation of people who were worshiping God. They didn't understand everything about it, but they were worshiping God. And then there were other people that were worshiping idols and all kinds of things. And when a missionary would come they would find in this certain place that people, they were already worshiping God. They just didn't have an understanding of every aspect of it. They're without excuse. If they don't worship God as God, they're without excuse. That's why God can justly judge them if they don't know Jesus. The revelation of God is thorough, too. Psalms 19, verses 3 through 4. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Now this is talking about the creation. The heavens are declaring God's glory. There is no speech nor language where the voice of the heaven is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. In other words, God is proclaiming it. He didn't just proclaim it once, but he proclaims it over and over again every day. And it is not limited. It is thorough. It is clear. It is sure. He wants everyone to understand who he is. Jesus told stories. He told stories about everything imaginable in life so that people would understand who God is and how we can relate to God. He told stories about farmers. He told stories about ranchers. He told stories about businessmen and mothers and Sons and fathers and you know, runaway sons and you know, seeds and plants and fig trees and fruit vines. He told about everything because he is thorough. He wants us to understand who he is. He doesn't want anyone to say, What if there was that? So he tells us over and over and over again. And if you're too tense to get it one way, then he'll come to you and he'll show it to you another way. If you look up at the heavens and they're, they're shouting to you, there is a creator God and he wants to know you and be part of your life. And you don't get that, then maybe you walk over there and hold a little tiny baby in your arms and you think, wow, how did this happen? How did this happen? 
if you can't figure that out, then God will find some other way. God will find a way to get a revelation to you where you can see who He is. I believe God is thorough. He doesn't leave anything to chance. Scripture from the beginning to the end, all about His revelation of who He is, about His nature, about His character, about how He wants to relate to us. That is such a cool revelation and mystery. Why God would even want to relate to us? We're fallen, we're broken, we're messed up, we're flawed, we're imperfect. He is perfect and righteous and holy. And He wants to be part of our lives. It's like God going, here He is, He's perfect and we're everything but that. And He said, I want you to be my friend. I want to be part of your life. I don't understand that except that it's just one of the beautiful mysteries. God loves us so much. He said, I want to show you who I am. I want you to be able to relate to me. I want to be in your life so that I can bless you, give you everything that I've intended for you to have and enjoy. We short sell ourselves so much because we, we look at our lives and we look at God and we say, well, you know, this is too bad or this is too messed up. You know, well, I don't think I will. He doesn't care about that, or he's not going to fix that. That's too big, or this is what it's always been. It's not going to change. Baloney! God says, I have a plan for you. And it's not a crummy plan. It's not a second-rate plan. It's a good plan. Maybe your life started out bad. Maybe you had problems when you were when you were young. Maybe you were rejected by a family or a friend. Maybe, maybe you were hurt. Maybe life has been horrible to you. But God has a good plan for you. He wants to redeem all that out of you. He wants to restore you to who He created you to be. That is the revelation that we need to get. The fact that God loves us. He loves us no matter how much we've messed up, no matter how much we've failed, no matter how flawed we are, no matter how broken we are, no matter how many times you said, I'm going to get this right, and you still want to get it right. God wants you to know that He loves you. And he cares about you, and he's big enough to redeem your life. He's big enough. Just big enough. Big enough to still hold the universe in order. Create everything so that it produces over and over and over again. Exactly like itself. It doesn't, you know, you don't get You don't get an apple on the orange tree. I mean, you keep producing apples. God is a God of order, and He doesn't change. The things that, that we that we have messed up in our life, God wants to put them in order. And that's who He is. We reveal that through the creation. He wants to put things in order. He wants to speak over our lives and say, I'm speaking up for No more chaos in your life. I'm speaking up for that's who he is. That's who he's revealing something. We know that. Revelation is thorough. Psalms 19. There is no speech in our language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Psalms 97. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Psalms 89. For I have said Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness shall, you shall establish in the very heavens. Jeremiah 33. 
Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day, my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with my servant David. So that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, nor the Levites and the priests, my ministers, as the host of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured. So will I multiply the descendants of, my, of David, my servant, and the Levites who minister to me. You cannot break God's covenant with day and night. I mean, there has always been day and night. We know the sun is going to rise in the morning in the east, and it's going to set in the evening on the west. It's not going to, it's not going to reverse one day. It's not going to come up over there and go over here. It's not going to skip a day. Maybe some clouds, and you don't see it exactly the same, but I promise you, it's happening the same. And the reason that it's at a different time every morning and a different time every evening that changes is because the earth is rotating and the earth is orbiting and all that is in order and it's perfect because God put it in order and He maintains it in order. And the heavens declare who God is. Worship in the I don't worry about the time too much, so I don't think y'all do either, but if you ever get so hungry you can't stand it, you can just leave. If you ever get to work, you got something else you gotta do, and you can go, that's fine. I'm not gonna write your name down or something. I'm gonna go to the side you. I'm not too worried about it. But I am worried about you hearing what God wants you to hear today. And I do believe that the Lord is speaking to us. He has revealed himself and he wants to continue to reveal himself. So, as we read God's word, we need to be looking for revelation all the time. We need to be trying to say, Lord, speak to me through your word. Because his word is alive and it's powerful and it's supposed to be speaking to us. When we read the word, it, it changes us. It reveals who he is. That's what we want. We want a revelation of who God is. I want to see him as, as that creator God. I also want to see him as that God of perfection. There's nothing wrong with him. perfectly holy and just. And I want to see him as the judge. I invite him to judge me. I invite him to speak into my life and shine his light and expose areas of me that need to be changed. I want to know him as my Savior, my Redeemer. I want to see him as the God that's big enough do everything that comes up in my life. And he's not limited in any way. We can see God that way. Life will overrun you. And challenges may come and they may seem impossible and they may seem overwhelming, but if you can keep your focus on him, they don't overwhelm you because you realize who God is. And that God is worthy of our praise and honor and we'll just worship him. If we'll lift our voices and worship him, honor him, Give him the credit for being the God that he is. I certainly that's a lot. It really is important. Christians all over the world really are happy with the name of Jesus. In our eyes, we look at what they're living in. And yet they're content because they know Jesus. And they know today, they leave this earth and they go to be with the Lord. It's just game. 
we, on the other hand, we are so worried about our stuff, we miss out on who God is and we're so caught up in all the material things, and all the temporal things, and what we're going to do, and how's it going to work out. God just wants a heart. He wants a heart to be for him. Like his heart is for us.